Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is our two Wildcat Insider, Mitch Fortner and AJ Shaw. Just us two today. We had uh, Wyatt Thompson on in hour number one. He's out in Austin getting ready for his broadcast of the Cats and Longhorns from the Moody Center. Last time those uh, two teams played in the Moody Center, kind of high scoring, right? Cats scored 116 points. The most points ever scored in a K-State men's basketball team, in a men's basketball game by the Cats. Um, 219 combined points between the two teams. That's pretty high scoring to say the least. Look at the brain on AJ. Uh, Speaking of um, just high-paced action, the Daytona 500 is going on right now. Uh, actually, Actually, it's on a commercial right now, so I feel like I'm missing a lot of action right now. Um, they're currently in lap 98 of 200. Todd Gilliland is in first. Joey Legato's in second. Martin Truex Jr. in third. I feel like a lot of the drivers that I grew up with have retired. Like Jeff Gordon, Jimmy I mean, is Jimmy Johnson still driving? I, I'm the wrong person to ask. We're, we, have a, we have a couple of NASCAR experts around here. I don't know if they're listening. They can answer that question. But Maybe I Paul can answer you. it. He was watching earlier. Uh, hopefully my uh, – okay, I'm getting the no. Jimmy Johnson is no longer racing, so breaking news, Jimmy Johnson is no longer in NASCAR. So uh, Glad we got that cleared up. Yeah, I guess so. a lot of the guys that I watched growing up – well, I knew of growing up. I didn't really watch NASCAR. Let's see. Chase Elliott's still out there. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. I recognize that Daniel Suarez. I, I recognize a lot of these names still. I, you know. Okay, whoa, 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 hold on a second. Hold on just a second. It says right here in 35th place, Jimmy Johnson. Oh, all right then. So he is still racing. So I got a no from a NASCAR guy. Uh, (laughs) uh, There is a roast to come tomorrow morning. Uh, A lot of these names I don't also uh, recognize. Hey, there's Brad Keselowski. Shout out to Brad. He drives a Ford. Let's see, uh, they're entering stage two, 30 laps to go in stage two. Now they're in lap 101. They're all together, going around turn one, driving left. Here comes turn two. Everybody's still together. This is riveting play-by-play, I'm sure. Gil Land still in first, Logano in second, Trex in third. They're coming around turn three, I think. I don't know. looks like all turns to me. And that is, ladies and gentlemen, the Daytona 500. I've officially called racing. Congratulations. Welcome to the club. Although I've never called racing, so I'm not a part of that club. 
All right, let's uh, because tonight I you know I get to call basketball once in a while. Not in I'm not working tonight. Tomorrow night I'll have Manhattan High hoops. They're taking on Hayden. And by the way, you may have heard about this, but we're now in week two. A BriggsAuto.com passport to Cabo. Yes, we are giving away an all-expense pay trip Cabo San Lucas. Guys, this is where Drum Tang vacations. It is top class. Top class. If you want a, a beachfront condo, two bedrooms at Villa La Valencia, plus a flight for two out of Manhattan Regional Airport, register this week at Parker Hannafin. That's on Hayes Drive here in Manhattan. Ten finalists will be drawn Friday between 11 a.m. and noon. So you have until 11 a.m. on Friday to go get signed up at Parker Hannafin. Thanks to BriggsAuto.com, we bring you the Passport to Cabo. Also brought to you by Godfrey's Indoor Ranges and Tactical Supply and Manhattan Wrecker. Tonight we have the K-State men at Texas. Tipping off at 8, pregame at 7. You know how we do it. Prediction. Ah! Here's Mitch Ball with tonight's prediction. By the way, Bubba Wall is now in sixth place at the Daytona 500. He just moved into six. I have a live uh, uh, leaderboard right here in front of me. So, Do we get a Mitch Palm prediction on who wins tonight? Hmm. You know, that would have been good before the race started. Well, we're halfway done, and it's anybody's ball game. Let's see. I'm gonna go with a. Uh, I'm gonna go with a dark horse. Who do I don't know a thing about? How about uh, how about Josh Berry? He's currently in 12th place. I got a feeling something's gonna happen. There's gonna be a wreck, and he's gonna spring out in front. and He's gonna win the whole thing. Why not? I'll go with your prediction since I'm not looking at it live right now. Yeah, Josh Berry currently in 12th. So I I, I believe in you, Josh. Go, go get him. All right. Let's take a look at Mitch Palm. Cats, Longhorns, only meeting in the regular season this year from the Moody Center that holds about 10,500. I'm sure it's going to be a packed house. Well, the Cats are 15 and 10, 5 and 7, the Big 12. Texas, 16 and 9. They're also 5 and 7. It's a good chance for K State to just get a, to, you know, turn morale around, keep the confidence alive. Chances are outside and thin right now, but. There's still a chance K-State could play NCAA tournament action. There's a chance. K-State's lost six of the last seven. Meanwhile, UT has lost four of their last six. Nobody really trending in this game. Nobody really trending in the right direction right now. Cats lead the all-time series 24-22. Used to own Texas. Not so much anymore. Texas under second-year head coach Rodney Terry. They lost their last game on Saturday on the road to Houston, 82-61. Longhorns 11-4 this year at home. 2-4 in the Big 12. Mitch Palm took notice of that a few weeks ago. Texas not as good at home as they are on the road in Big 12 play. They're 3-3 on the road in the conference. Let's first look at offense uh, for Texas. They're, They're a good team. Pretty good team on offense as they shoot. Um, well, they're—I mean—they're solid from three. Let's let's be real. They—they—they they, they, they do their dirty work from three, as they can shoot thirty-nine percent. 
They're they're all right. They're middle of the pack from two point range, about fifty percent. They're a really good offensive rebounding team. I think that's a pretty big key about tonight. Offensive rebounds. Um, you know, they turn it over about 12, 13 times a game, which is kind of middle of the pack of the Big 12. You know, there's not really anything they'll truly gloat about offensively from Texas. They can shoot it on some nights. They're not always consistent. They're more individually talented, I think. Uh, let's go to the defense. Now, there is one major blemish for Texas's defense. Yet, I don't know if K-State is going to really take advantage. I don't know. I hope they do. Texas is the worst team defensively in the Big 12 at protecting the three ball. When teams move it, and hopefully K-State moves it, they're going to find open shooters. It's all about knocking those shots down. I mean, teams are shooting in Big 12 play against Texas from three, 37.5%. That is by far the worst in the Big 12. It's not even close. But K-State third worst in the Big 12 in shooting the three at 30.4%. So, And that's one of the worst in the nation. So how's this going to go? Can K-State take advantage? They got to. It's as simple as that. They got to take advantage of that. Move the ball. Make some threes. Man, will that open up the offense. It really would. I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm, I'm fingers crossed it can happen. Um... Let's go to players uh, individually right now. Dylan DeSue, who's a 6'9 forward, right now is the best player in the Big 12. In conference, he's averaging 19 points a game. That leads the Big 12. Five and a half rebounds a game. He can shoot the three, and he takes, gosh, four attempts a game, five attempts a game. When he's on, I mean, he's he can be an over 50% shooter from three. I mean, he can the guy has range, and he can be dangerous. He's going to attack the offensive glass. And then you have Max Asmus. Guard, K-State, recruited him pretty heavily. His decision came down to K-State in Texas. Well, he's a Texas kid, and I had it in the back of my mind, man, that might be kind of a big deal for him. And it was. He picked, he picked to go to Austin. Um, yeah, he's pretty good. 17 and a half points a game, which the the real the big difference between him and Tyler Perry is that well Max A. Smith does a much better job at scoring from three-point range. He has Tyler Perry North Texas numbers. Yeah, that's I would say that's pretty accurate. About about the same, pretty much. And he'll shoot it eight times from three. His efficiency on offense is pretty solid as well. Also, Tyrese Hunter, he is a second-year player out of Iowa State. He's averaging about 10 points a game. He's a good passer. That's what really stands out to me about him. Like Acemas, they're both really good passers. They're both averaging, I believe, over four assists a game. That's a really solid number. He can be a good three-point shooter. And then Dylan Mitchell is the other longhorn to watch out for. I mean... Second-year kid again. He was a major recruit out of high school. Right now averaging 10 points a game. And he also he's one of the better scorers from two, 56%. All right, keys to the game. And I'm not joking this time. Get to overtime. Not joking. Five of the last 11 wins for K-State have been in overtime. They have lost six of the last seven. The one game that they didn't lose, overtime. 
two of the last three wins, overtime. Not joking anymore. Get to overtime, because then you're going to win. The kings of overtime, and the joke now is Jerome Tang is 12-0 and in overtime because he wore a Chiefs jersey on Super Bowl Sunday. There you go. There you go. He gets it done. He gets it done in overtime. That's where they play their best basketball. Win the offensive glass. Um, that is key as well because they will attack the offensive glass. K-State has to do a much better job of that because did not do well against TCU because TCU was scoring a lot of time. 14 offensive rebounds, 20 second chance points. Can't happen. Cannot happen. Have to win the offensive glass and please hit threes. And I am going to steal a number here. Let's see if I can pull this up real quick because KSU underscore fan who is a, a coach out there in Junction City High School for football does a great job with stats. He's a numbers guy. And earlier today, he tweeted this out. K-State is 7-2 when shooting better from three against Power 6 opponents. K-State has made 34.1% from their threes on the road. They are 26% in Bramlage Coliseum. And Texas is allowing to shoot teams to shoot 36.5% from three in the Moody Center. I honestly think this is the big key of the game. Cats win the three-point line. Can Tyler Perry, can Arthur Kaluma, can Cam Carter do a good job from distance because they're going to have open shots tonight. They have to hit them. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I think this is what it comes down to. If K-State is bricking all night like they were on Saturday, I'm sorry, I just don't think it's going to get done. They have to do a better job against a team that can hit its threes. Tyler Perry's going to have to step up big again, and Kaluma's really going to have to step up big. All right, so prediction time. Ken Palm says 24% chance. Cats get it done. They're going Texas 73-65, says Ken Palm. I'm also trying to reverse what I feel like is like a hex or a jinx that Mitch Palm has on K-State because the predictions are not going the right way, like K-State's winning, which is not going the right way right now. I'm going to drop it from Ken Palm. Ken Palm said 24% chance. I'm going to go 19%. Cats got a lot to prove in a short amount of time, and they're running out of time. So tonight they got to get it done. So for right now, Mitch Palm says Texas wins it. Final score, 10-point game, 76 to 66. I hope I'm wrong. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll be joined by K-State baseball player Brendan Jones. The Cats went 2-1 and one over the weekend, and they got a game coming up tomorrow night against Arizona State on the road. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We'll talk Batcats with Brendan Jones after these words. We're back on Wildcat Insider. Mitch Fortner, AJ Shaw is running our board today. Wyatt's in Austin. If you missed the Wyatt Thompson interview, he is uh, currently in Austin, Texas. He joined us for the first hour, uh, part of the first hour of the show. You can hear that online at newsradiokman.com or just search for the game on 1350 K-Man, wherever you listen to your podcast. Keep up with the cats. Uh AJ, our boy Josh Berry has fallen back from 12th place to 33rd place. Oh, that's tough. So, uh, yeah, it looks like our boy is not going to get it done in the old Daytona 500. I'm not sure what happened, but it uh, looks <laughs> like uh, Ryan Blaney is now in first place. Well, the Bat Cats go 2-1 and one in their first three games of the season. MLB Desert Classic and the Cats beat Boston College. Six to four, they knocked down Georgia or Georgetown rather on Sunday, seven at six. They do lose on Friday to Cal by the final score of six to three. We're now joined by K State center fielder Brendan Jones here on Wildcat Insider. First of all, Brendan, I want to thank you for your time. You go four for thirteen, two home runs, four RBIs in the opening weekend. How'd you personally feel the uh, first three games went for the Batcats? Oh, did we lose them? Oh, might have some technical difficulties here. It looks like we're kind of trying to get this figured out. So give us here just a few moments. Brandon Jones had a two-home run weekend, including the go-ahead home run uh, on Sunday against Georgetown. Then Cats will have uh, Arizona State on Tuesday. We're good to go now? All right. Once again, we're joined by Brendan Jones, K-State center fielder. Brendan, a 4-for-13 weekend, hit a couple of home runs. How did you feel like the first three games went for K-State in Arizona? Uh, we're good. Brendan, are you, are you able to hear us? Yes, I can hear you guys. Okay, here we go. Okay, we got it figured out now. All right. Uh, third time's a charm here on the opening question. How did you feel like uh, the, the first three games for the Batcats went? Um, you know, I was, you know, I thought it was a pretty solid weekend. Um, obviously, we'd like to have that first one back, um, but I thought we did a good job of bouncing back on a, a quick turnaround um, and played really good the past last two games. Uh, played in a couple of close games too, which I thought was really good for the team to, you know, get some experience in those close game situations and kind of see who uh, who was going to step up. So I, I thought it was a good weekend overall. Take me to the go-ahead home run against Georgetown. What'd you see? Uh, well, you know, I was talking with some of the guys, and it was almost identical to the one I hit on Friday. Uh, it was kind of a hanging slider, 1-0 count. Um, I, I just saw it out of his hand and tried to turn on it, and uh, it, it got a little bit carry and, and snuck out of there. Um, so that was fun. Who else impressed you this weekend? Maybe it's a newcomer or a, a guy that you've known for a while and it's improving. Who looked good to you in the first three games? Uh, I mean, I think the – you know, obvious answer is Blake Dean. Um, you know, he looked really good in that Saturday game. Um, that was big time how he stepped up and um, was able to, you know, fill up the zone and, and get a lot of out for us. Um, I thought, you know, the way he performed was, was really promising for us as we go forward throughout the year. 
Speaking with Brendan Jones, K-State center fielder, I, I, I want to go back to last year for a moment because you stole 28 bases, and I became a big fan of yours because of your speed on the base paths and, and going to get those extra bags. That was actually, I don't know if you knew this, but 28 stolen bases last year was the fifth most in program history for a season um, and the most since 1995. My question is, how fa- do, you, do you know where you clock in from going from your lead off at first to second base, do you know how long it takes you to get there? No, I, I don't have an actual time. Um, you know, we, we run lasers and stuff um, during the week, uh, but it's not the same distance that we run the bases. Um, but I also feel like I kind of have an extra gear uh, when I'm out there on the bases. And another big part of it is the jump you get and kind of the scouting report on the pitcher, knowing some of his tendencies and what to look for. Um, which I think the coaching staff does a really good job of preparing us for um, and preparing me for last year, which I think was a big part in the stolen bases that I had. Well, coming out of high school, is that what the coaches really liked about you? What about your game attracted K-State towards what you do? No, yeah, I think, you know, I was I could always run really well, um, play, play good defensively. And, you know, I remember after my freshman year, uh, a conversation with Coach Hughes, you know, he was really looking to kind of change up the offensive uh, strategy and look to steal a lot more bases because um, he'd seen it be successful at other places. So he kind of, you know, we were a bought into that going into last season. And obviously we stole a whole lot of bases uh, last year. Didn't have too many chances this past weekend, but hopefully, you know, we, we want that to be a big part of our, our game plan and our offensive attack as we go throughout the year again this year. I'm sure you're probably tired of talking about last year, but if you could take me to the, the, the selection and what was your reaction to K-State, who you guys obviously should have been in the field, but you were left out. What was the feelings after that After that took place? No, yeah, it was tough for sure because um, when we ended that in the Big 12 tournament, kind of on the way back, the feeling was with a lot of the guys, like, you know, this wasn't the last baseball we were going to play for the season. Uh, we were we were expecting to be in a regional, and we were expecting to make some noise, but obviously it didn't happen. Uh, so I think that kind of, you know, after that, I think it lit a fire under a bunch of guys, um, which, you know, is, I think, the good direction to go with it afterwards and hopefully to motivate a lot of guys for this next year to leave no doubt um, to the committee, you know, don't leave it up to anybody else. Um, win the games we're supposed to win, and don't, don't give them a choice but to put us in. How do you feel about playing now? You know, this season is going to, you know, soon you're going to be going to Tennessee where you're from and you play the Volunteers. And then the next day you're playing at Clemson and you're, you're going to go on the road a little bit more and have to play more Tuesday, Wednesday games. Is that something you look at it like, man, how am I going to get these academics in? Or you're just embracing it and ready for the challenge? No, I think. I mean, I think we're all embracing it. Um, you know, obviously, it is going to be kind of an academic toll on some of us. Um, you know, I'm in a, some tougher courses, uh, so that'll be be tough to figure out. But I think everyone's kind of embracing it, going to do whatever they can to figure it out because, you know, we we know that we need those games and uh, those are big for that RPI that the committee looks at. Um, so no, you know, nobody's upset about it. I think we're all looking forward to the opportunity for sure. You're from Greenbrier, Tennessee. What is Greenbrier? Hopefully, I'm pronouncing that right. What is, what is it known for? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know if Greenbrier has a has a calling card per se. It's uh, I'm about 20 minutes north of Nashville. Um, so you know, I think it's a it's a really good area. Uh, go into Nashville whenever you want, but but it's also kind of 
you want to stay away from the hustle and bustle of the city, um, it's a nice spot for sure. Have you ever been to the Grand Ole Opry? I have not, actually. Um, I know it's terrible. I probably I probably should, but I've never been. Yeah, I highly suggest it. it I'm not even a country music fan, and I, I really enjoy it. What is, on the bus, I, I've been on many road trips with K-State baseball. Are you more of, when the guys are playing like games on the bus, are you more interactive with the games, or you like to kind of hang – to yourself and stand your own thoughts and watch a movie or something. No, I'm. Uh, <laughs> I think a lot of the guys might. You know, I'm. I'm one of the leaders in a lot of the games that I think are played on the bus. Uh, we're big in the mafia, uh, playing playing that. So, you know, I love kind of interacting and playing some of that to pass the time on the bus trips. That's what we were, we've been talking about. All of our bus trips have been fairly short on this trip, so we haven't got to play play too much. We're you know actually hoping we could have some longer bus rides. Uh, so we could play some games. Who you root uh, room? Uh, let me try that again. Who's your roommate on the road trip? Uh, Jaden Parsons. He's a um, grad transfer from. Uh, he's from Canada, uh, but then he came from Central Oklahoma. Uh, he's a really good guy. Uh, great guy to have as a roommate. Um, haven't gotten under each other's skin too much so far. Well, I was about to ask, like, are there rules when like there's teammates rooming with each other? Are there rules that everybody has to abide by so everybody's comfortable? <laughs> uh, I mean, I think it's kind of just personal preference. Uh, but you know, JP's a great guy, and he, you know, he's not going to do anything to to upset his roommate or anything like that. Um, so, no, it's been it's been great so far. Well, Brandon Jones, just a couple more for you here as uh, we're talking with K State center fielder Brendan Jones. Uh, next, I mean, day off today, and you got Arizona State next. Do you did you know, or did, does the team know that Arizona State, you and uh, K State and Arizona State were actually the first two teams left out of the tournament? I do. I mean, I do remember them being one of the first left out. I guess I didn't realize that we were the first two. Um, but yeah, you know that'll be. You know, I'm sure they're excited for this game too. Um, a possible, you know, good RPI, RPI game for them. Um, but yeah, it'll it'll be fun. I'm excited. Um, get that first midweek um, under our belt. See how we play. And how team? How, how jacked is this team to actually start the home schedule a week earlier than normal? And it starts this Friday in a three game series against Holy Cross. We're, no, we're excited. Uh, you know, when we looked and that came out, we were like, man, it it might be cold um, coming back that first weekend. But you know, I've looked at the weather. Hopefully, it's supposed to be a beautiful weekend. So we're excited to to see all the fans, see everybody there, and and play at home at the point. Well, let me check here. Sunny and 61 for a 3 o'clock first pitch towards the tail end of February. That doesn't sound too bad to me. No, not at all. Not at all. I know. That's what – hopefully, yeah, it's looking like we might we might get lucky with the weather. Um, so that'll be beautiful. Hopefully, you know, we'll have a good amount of people come out with the good weather, and it'll be be a fun weekend. Saturday's high is uh, 65, and Sunday 69. I, that might be the best weather for opening weekend in K-State baseball history. With that, Brennan Jones, looking forward to what the rest of the season has an offer for us K-State fans. This team is really good. Best of luck against Arizona State tomorrow night. Thank you for your time. Thank you, guys. I appreciate the coverage. That's K-State center fielder Brennan Jones here on Wildcat Insider. Let's take a break. Let's jump back to the K-State women who have a huge game on Wednesday in Bramlage. We'll tell you why when we come back on Wildcat Insider. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. 
When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We are back on Wildcat Insider. Mitch Fortner with A.J. Shaw. Got a couple of segments left here in these last 15 minutes before we wrap her up and get set for the K-State men's basketball team to face Texas and Austin. And that tips off at 8 o'clock, so pregame coverage will begin at 7. I mentioned earlier in the show that Taylor Bratt had sent out the cat signal, and the Cats had their first commit for the 2025 recruiting class. And this comes at no surprise. It is a quarterback out of St. Louis, Missouri. And he is 6'2", 185. So, I'm, I mean, that's basically the same measurements as Avery Johnson. Um, so, imagine his body. And his name is Dylan Duff. Dylan Duff out of St. Louis is a pretty big commitment uh, and also a, a pretty quick one. Has committed to the Cats. He has not really received a whole lot of star ratings yet uh, out there for the re- recruiting classes, but he initially opened up as a three-star kid out of a out of twenty-four-seven sports. So there's more of that to come. Um, from what I understand, this was a pretty fast recruitment for K State. They offered him just last month. Shortly after that offer, he comes out to Manhattan and visits, and now here in the middle of February, um, he has become a Cat. Last year. As a junior, starting quarterback, he passed for 1,863 yards and 15 touchdowns and five interceptions. He's a dual-threat guy. He ran for also 500 yards and eight more touchdowns last year, uh, starting the full season at D. Smet High School. I'm taking a guess on how to pronounce that. Um, you know, that is an area where K-State has done a little bit of recruiting lately. Donovan McIntosh, Austin Romaine have both come from that area. You know, Will Lee also uh, on last year's class from the uh, St. Louis area. So this is a uh, this is a win for the Cats for sure. Beating out Northwestern, who doesn't have a stadium right now, Indiana, Georgia Tech, and how about our good friends up north beating out Nebraska for Dylan Duff? So. Congratulations to uh, let's see who also uh, looks like Missouri was in there as well. Uh, Duke was in there. He visited Duke twice. Um, it sounds like so. This kid's probably pretty smart as well. Yeah, I'm looking at his Twitter bio right now. He is smart, and uh, according to some place called QB Hit List, he's the number one quarterback in the state of Missouri for the class of 2025. Shout out to him. So, Cats have their first commit for 2025. Um, I'm, we'll definitely talk more about him coming up on Wednesday with Derek Young from Case in Align when we uh, were able to jump more into recruiting. Wanted to also talk about the Case State women's basketball team for just a moment because really just wanted to focus a little bit on Wednesday. Wednesday is a huge game. It's huge because West Virginia is coming to town. West Virginia is in the top 25. Case State at number 10. West Virginia just inside the top 25. We'll be coming to town Wednesday, and these are two teams that are tied for second in the Big 12 behind Oklahoma. They're also tied with Texas. So it is a three-way tie. K-State will be at home where they're undefeated. West Virginia is 
I would say the most well-rounded team in the Big 12. They're very good offensively, and they're very good defensively. Now, other than forcing turnovers, which they do, West Virginia does force a ton of turnovers. I was looking at this earlier today. The Mountaineers force 24 turnovers a game. It's pretty darn good. Sounds like a lot of fun to face, right? Uh, 24 turnovers a game. That defense definitely is not uh, one you want to go up against, and uh, the Mountaineers have done a pretty now, darn good job. They may be inflated because yeah. of uh, – that's overall stats, so maybe they could be inflated a little bit because of the non-conference schedule. Uh, the new Big 12 website, which moves so much slower than the old one, is about to tell us what West Virginia is now averaging – in conference play, and I'm, you know, K State just uh, j- just launched a new format for their website, and it's a. He- I, I'm always the worst when it comes to navigating and embracing a new a website's new layout. Yeah, because it's a huge headache. You're getting used to a new layout. I go to Big12Sports.com and KStateSports.com yep. every single day, and it's still slow. West Virginia and Big Twelve play is. Forcing twenty three turnovers a game. Yeah, well, they they were. Gonna, I was going to just mention they they forced twenty five against OU the other day. So I mean, and OU's the top of the Big Twelve. Yeah, they're not the best three point shooting team, but they can still shoot it. They can still score it, and they're going to defend the crud out of you. So K State will absolutely have its hands full against a West Virginia team that's only lost three times. So this is going to be a battle. That's why I was saying earlier in the show, I was like, man. I hope Ayoka Lee plays because they're going to they're gonna need her. Simple as that. They're going to need her. I don't think you hold on for two points without her if you're K-State. You just need you, – you need your All-American. When it's a Big 12 title race, a team you're tied with is coming into town with just four games left in the conference, this is the time to get to full strength. Because now it really starts to pick up. Big 12 tournament is right around the corner. NCAA tournament is just a few weeks away. Business is picking up. Now is the time to get healthy. That tip-off is at 6.30. Pre-game coverage on Wednesday will begin at 6. All right, let's take a break. We'll wrap it up next on Wildcat Insider. Let's wrap up Wildcat Insider with taking a look at the week ahead for the men's basketball Big 12 slate. And I mentioned earlier that Iowa State and Houston tied at the top of the leaderboard in the Big 12. Guess what? They play tonight. Nobody is outside of Texas and K-State fan bases. Nobody will be watching K-State and Texas. All eyes are going to be on Iowa State and Houston tonight uh, down in Houston. That's a top six matchup. Iowa State number six, Houston number two. I mean, that's a huge big Monday game. Oh, yeah, definitely. No question. I mean, it's gigantic. I mean, no question why uh, K-State's on uh, on ESPN2 and not on ESPN Big Monday. I mean, this could determine your Big 12 regular season champion. Yep. Now, there's still, after they play five games left, anything can happen. But, you know, we were thinking earlier, I was like, and I say earlier, like weeks ago, that, man, this – the Big 12 champion might not have any less than five losses in conference play. Well, it's been a weird year, man. Well, I think Houston and Iowa State just are they're kind of on just slightly another level than everybody else. Yep. I think they're just like it, it has to do with their defense. And this feels like a 60 to 58 game. Yeah, I, I could definitely it, see that. I mean, with the two defenses being as dominant as they are. I mean, this is 
the game in Ames, I don't think anybody scored in the 60s. No. So this might be a high-scoring game if it goes my way. Uh, but I think, I think it's going to be good. I love defense. I love a dogfight. And I think that's what exactly tonight will be, which it's ESPN, 8 o'clock, Big Monday, number six, Iowa State, number two, Houston. That'll be um, – wow. It sucks uh, that I'll be trying to watch two games at the same time. Obviously, I'll be more locked into K-State and Texas, but that's going to be a really good game. Uh, else for like Tuesday and Wednesday, I don't know if there's a whole lot that interests me too much. You know, Houston then goes on the road and plays in Waco. It'll be the return of LJ Cryer to Waco, and that'll be a top 15 matchup. I, you know, what actually actually stands out to me second in Saturday slate is BYU coming here. That's going to be interesting because K-State's going to want revenge for that first game. Well, it just didn't go well. For sure. And I don't like BYU. Really? I mean, for me, this is a rivalry game. And also, you know. That didn't, go, that didn't last that long. That didn't take that long for you to get that hatred. Um. If or dislike. You, if you know me and you've been listening to the show ever since I took over the uh, the show, you would know how I feel about the University of Brigham Young. Yeah. Brigham Young University. Um, but that's a 1 o'clock tip Saturday here in Manhattan with pregame coverage obviously starting at noon. Boy, K-State baseball is going to be a lot of fun tomorrow. They're at Arizona State for a 7:31st pitch pregame at seven, but that'll be on our uh, that'll be on our website, newsradiokman.com, and we'll join in progress after Manhattan Hoops host Hayden Tuesday at six o'clock. Got pregame coverage of the K-State men at Texas beginning at seven. Tip off at eight. We're out of here for AJ Shaw. I'm Mitch. Enjoy the game and go Cats. Getting you closer to the locker room than anyone else. This is Wildcat Insider. Wildcat Insider, an exclusive presentation of the flagship station of the K-State Sports Network. News Radio 1350, KMAN.